Next on BYU Sports Nation, five straight wins, but BYU hoops firmly on the bubble. The key to making the tourney, college basketball insider Doug Gottlieb joins us live. BYU football stars Kyle Van Ooy and Cody Hoffman doing work at the Senior Bowl. We'll go live to Mobile, Alabama with an NFL draft expert in the middle of it all. Plus, how would you describe Kyle Van Ooy to an NFL team? And the radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, stops by. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. A very happy Tuesday, BYU Sports Nation. A glorious January 21st. And welcome to another loaded edition of BYU Sports Nation. I'm Spencer Linton. Jerem Jordan sits to my right, wherever and however you may be listening. Great to have you with us. We're doing it big. Doug Gottlieb, prominent college basketball insider for CBS Sports and host of The Gottlieb Show, will join us in 30 minutes. He's a straight shooter. Tells it how it is. So you might not, you might hear some things you, you don't like, BYU fans. Really interested to see how he feels about the Cougar basketball team and the West Coast Conference. Or that you like. Or some things that you like. We'll see. I've seen both on his uh, Twitter feed. Show starters today include Kyle Van Noy, one of the greatest to ever wear a BYU uniform, already impressing at the Senior Bowl practices in Mobile, Alabama. And that's coming from a prominent draft expert. Jerem, BYU men's volleyball making another move in the rankings as well. They made a huge leap from 8 to (laughs) 7 yesterday in the ABCA poll. So BYU this weekend hosting Stanford and Pacific, both live on BYU TV. And then BYU Radio will simulcast the Friday match against Stanford. I'm glad you're in prime form today, my friend. It's a big show. It is. A, this is an especially loaded show. Every show is big, but this one's loaded a little more than normal. Do you remember Kate Hansen? Of course I do. You do. Luge Coog. The Luge Coog, as dubbed by BYU Sports Nation. Kate named one of 11 awesome women to watch at the 2014 that's, Sochi that's Winter Olympics from the Huffington Post. Awesome women to watch. Seriously, that's what they called it. Listen to the names of some of the other awesome women to watch besides the Luge Coog. Gracie Gold. <laughs> that's the perfect Olympic name. She's a figure skater. <laughs> <laughs> Gracie Gold. Sugar Todd is a speed skater. And Katie Ulander rides on the skeleton. I hope her sled is named Blue Still. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Join the conversation by using the new and more concise hashtag BYUS and comment on our Facebook page and sound off on today's Twitter question. We want you to create your own scouting buzzword to describe Kyle Van Noy. So we, every year the joke is, you know, there's all these buzzwords. Uh, associated with the NBA draft, the NFL draft, you know. That guy's a high motor or whatever, you know. So we want you to come up with a unique one for Kyle Van Noy. We already have, uh, we already have one uh, that I especially liked. Uh, let's see. Bridger Quinton Hill says, NFL QBs beware the omnipresent Kyle Van Noy coming to a stadium near you. The omnipresent. Sacks, interceptions, sacks for lost TDs, safeties. I like that. Mine is this. Venomous. He's dangerous. He's going to be all over the place. He strikes fear. Venomous. I like it. So it's di- it's different. It's not your typical. We want you to come up with a unique draft buzzword. The dude with, can take Kyle over Vanoy. a game. He wins games. He has won games all by his lonesome. So use hashtag BYUSN. Weigh in on Twitter. Let us know what yours is for Kyle Vanoy. I like twitchy and sneaky. He's a sneaky linebacker. <laughs> Sneaky always seems like it's lightly disrespectful. Like, man, I didn't expect that out of you, and now you do this. Like, don't definitely don't say crafty. That's oh. old man with knee braces basketball. High motor guy. High motor. A white <laughs> defensive lineman. You can listen to BYU Sports Nation weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980. Our show always on demand at BYURadio.org or catch the rebroadcast weekdays at 7 Eastern. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. What's trending in BYU Sports Nation? Topic one. Kyle Van Noy, super senior, bull. Third down from the 15-yard line. Lee back to pass. Pressure comes and Van Noy gets him. Third sack of the night for Kyle Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy made noise 
on the national stage on ESPN, and now he continues to do it at the Senior Bowl practices in Mobile, Alabama. This quote coming from Eric Galco, who is the owner and founder of Optimum Scouting. He is the lead analyst for the sporting news and their NFL draft coverage. He said this, talking about Kyle Van Noy, quote, he's well on his way to being a leader on this Senior Bowl team, along with a potential top 20 pick. From yesterday, of what he observed yesterday, he said that. Eric Galco, oh, by the way, will join us at 40 minutes after the hour. So in just over 35 minutes, we'll have Eric Galco telling us what he sees from Kyle Van Noy and Cody Hoffman uh, from the Senior Bowl practices in Mobile, Alabama. We've talked about what we would use to describe Kyle Van Noy. Jeremy said venomous. I say rangy, sneaky. Remember what Utah State head coach uh, Matt Wells said about Kyle Van Noy? One of my favorite quotes ever. Here it is. Kyle Van Noy is going to play on Sundays for a long time, in my opinion. He is uh, He's long, he's rough. He's rangy. He is um, twitchy. He's fast. He can go from slow to fast really quick. Uh, he can redirect. He is a really, really good pass rusher against uh, running backs, against old linemen. It doesn't really matter. Um, he causes major uh, matchup problems. So I'll be happy to shake his hand Friday night and be done facing <laughs> Kyle Van Noy. Was that Brett Favre? It kind of sounded like a little southern drawl. A little Kyle Van Noy. Matt Wells did a great job at Utah State, by the way. But uh, the f- first play of the game, Utah State, what happens? Pick six. Kyle Van Noy. Great Picks man. off Chucky Keaton and scores. Ball game. And then Matt Wells remembers what he said to the media. I'll be happy to shake his hand at the end of the game. <laughs> and never play him again. And I love my Levi's. He's a, he is a huge fan of Kyle Van Noy, as are a lot of the coaches that played against KVN 03. Rangy, twitchy, long. How would you describe Kyle Van Noy in an NFL draft scouting report? He's a first to second round pick on most draft boards, and there are a million out there. Looking at the prominent ones, however, he's late first round, early second round draft pick. Can can you do much better than that as an outside linebacker coming from BYU? I don't know. No, that's that's really good. I mean, Rob Morris was a first round pick, and that guy had a ridiculous amount of tackles. Van Noy has made more noise than Rob Morris in this social media era because of the big plays that he's made and because he's been on ESPN. The San Diego State game was the single biggest stamp that Van Noy could have made and did make. He had an opportunity against Notre Dame and Wisconsin to make bigger impressions. Did not in those games, but I don't think that he hurt himself in those games. Here's the funny thing. How much can you improve your stock in the Senior Bowl? We'll ask Eric Alko because Ziggy certainly did that. Here's a guy who had as many sacks as Bronson Kafusi did last year. Just a, what was it, three and a half, I think? Yeah. Four and a half. But his physical skills were such that the Lions at the fifth pick said, here's millions of dollars. We think you're going to be good. How well does a guy play in the games? That's the best indication of how good a player is. And Kyle Vanoy was a tremendous player. And all everything that surrounds going into the draft, that's all nice. But Kyle Vanoy can play. He proved it in the games. Eric Galco thinks he's a potential top 20 pick right now. Some people have him slated to go to the San Diego Chargers at 25. You know what? I'm guessing Kyle Van Noy, wherever he is in the NFL, will be watching when the Cougars open the 2014 season. Countdown to Connecticut. 219. 219 days before the Huskies. It is close. And Cougars line it up. You know what happens before that? The NCAA tournament. Topic two. BYU Bubbles. Swatted away by Austin. Outlet to Bartley. <laughs> oh, baby. He is unafraid. Yeah, that is fearless. Guys coming down now. I'm not worried about him getting undercut. This is going down left-handed, baby. Frank Bartley, a key part of BYU's early season success, now with a limited role, but others stepping up off the bench. Who's going to do it at Portland on Thursday? It was Matt Carlino and Anson Winder at Santa Clara on Saturday. Jerem's still laughing at the way I say bubbles. <laughs> John Gassaway of ESPN said this, quote, As for the Cougars, they closed calendar year 2013 with a trip to SoCal that brings to mind Connecticut's visit to Texas a while back as Dave Rose's team lost road games to Loyola Marymount and Pepperdine. 
Otherwise, that ugly 13-7 and record of BYU includes a good many respectable losses versus Iowa State on neutral floors to Wichita State and UMass on the road to Beehive rival Utah throughout the records when those two meet. Utah just beat UCLA. And in overtime at Oregon. I haven't closed on the book. I haven't closed the book on you yet, Cougs. Show me something. End quote. That again coming from John Gasway of ESPN College Basketball Expert. So thirteen and seven with losses to Pepperdine and LMU. The verdict is still out on BYU as an NCAA tournament team. They can certainly show the nation something this week at Portland and at Gonzaga. Blaine Fowler joined us yesterday, college basketball expert, and he feels a little bit differently about Portland than, than I do. They better not worry about Gonzaga until they get through Portland because you're exactly right. Portland stunned Gonzaga in that, in that home win. Now, they better not look forward, but we can look forward, right? That's what we do. I, I, you know, I'm just, I can't, I cannot look past Portland now that I think about it. Don't sleep on Idaho State. Don't sleep. Yeah, <laughs> I don't sleep on Idaho State. Or Portland. Thanks, Trevor Manage. Or Portland. Look, BYU has to take care of Portland. Confidence is huge right now. They need to play well there. I'm not talking about winning by two or three, not just getting a win. They need to play well. They need to win and in dominating fashion so that they can take that momentum into the kennel in Spokane. I think that is key this week for BYU. I just really do. Blaine Fowler continues. I really don't care about the Portland game. I, I know it could be a tough one. I want them to care about that because I care about the Gonzaga game on Saturday. Okay. Portland beat Gonzaga. Automatically, this game has more buzz for BYU fans because the Pilots upset the Zags. Portland is certainly capable of upsetting BYU, are they not, Jared? BYU losing to LMU and Pepperdine tells you that BYU is capable of losing to any team in the league. I don't think that BYU can afford another loss like that, by the way, and comfortably say, oh yeah, we, we are on the bubble and can get into the tournament that way. You're, you're screaming NIT if you lose another game like that. To be fair to Blaine, he's, I don't think he's entirely sleeping on Portland, but obviously much of the nation is focused on Saturday. Well, yeah, he's saying we can we can, we can do that, Gonzaga. We yeah. can do that. Trust he, me, Portland has, like you said, they have BYU fans' respect in that they beat Gonzaga, but that's it. They have some capable players. They can, they can hang with BYU, but if BYU plays their regular brand of basketball, it's not, it's not going to be a good game. BYU should win by double figures. While we can look ahead, I just don't want to. I do not want to look ahead to Gonzaga before Portland because because of what they did. Yeah, I'm basing it on one game. Yes, they beat Gonzaga, so not looking ahead. The Cougs have got to bring it. That way they carry momentum into Saturday. And look, as much as I don't want to say this, if BYU loses at Portland, how much tougher is it to win at Gonzaga? Yeah, so BYU really has to win every non-St. Mary's-Gonzaga game and then at least split with them to... Feel comfortable going into Selection Sunday. It would be a confidence killer. Our Twitter question today, dealing with the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, and Kyle Van Noy specifically, we're creating our own scouting buzzword to describe KVN03 and his play, and that's a perfect way to introduce our first studio guest of the day, Greg Rebell, radio voice of the Cougars, back for more. Greg, you have uh, had quite a long time to assess Kyle Van Noy and his awesomeness. How would you describe Kyle Van Noy to an NFL scout? Uh, game changer, um, backside, um, havoc wreaker or wrecker, <laughs> however you want to put it. Um, you, you know, he's a chaser and, and I, I think, you know, there might be some pro scouts that want to see him to make sure that he's as good as a stand up, straight up, play close to the tackle, you know, keep an edge as opposed to get around the edge type of player. But if you do need a guy to get around an edge or chase from a backside or just make a big play at a big time, um, he's the guy. How much can he actually help his stock, if in, if at all, during the Senior Bowl, you think? Well, look look what Ziggy Ansa did last year. I think he's probably a good case study in terms of how you can help your stock, because Ziggy was a part-time starter. I mean, you can say that as a senior, because he didn't start till there was an injury in front of him. So he goes in with like a half season or two-thirds of a season as a starter, and and I think was, was an unknown commodity to a lot of people in Mobile. And then he just kind of blows up, and he has one team that really, really liked what they saw, and that's all you need. And and he got he got that team to, uh, to to take a run at him, and he ended up being their their best rookie this past year. So I th- I think for certain players it can be huge. And you know if you follow those who tweet out from Mobile, you've already seen that uh, Kyle made a good first day impression, and um, that's a great start. 
Eric Galco, Optimum Scouting, will join us on today's BYU Sports Nation. One of those guys that is super high on Kyle Van Noy. Greg Rebell, the radio voice of the Cougars, joining BYU Sports Nation. Okay, let's uh, let's transition back into basketball. Huge week, obviously, for BYU. The Biggest week of the year. Five-game win streak. They're at Portland, at Gonzaga, the Northwest trip. Always tough. Mm-hmm. What does Portland present to BYU in terms of a challenge uh, as they start this Northwest road trip? Well, they, they are weighted toward the bigs, whereas BYU is weighted toward the guard line. And so if you look at, at where the points come from, it's very tilted toward the post in Portland, and BYU's got a guard line that uh, is versatile and lately very productive. And so that's, that, that's the biggest contrast is where Portland likes to get its points. And I know that uh, Vandermars and Nicholas and now uh, Garoon coming off the bench, uh, a kid they got from the Ukraine, West Virginia transfer, uh, and then you add in Riley Barker, the Canadian, the Canadian, and you've got of four. You'd bring that up. Four, four really good bigs. <laughs> Riley Barker, Canadian. Yeah, you've got four really good bigs, and BYU plays with essentially you know two and really only one true post. Um, although Nate's been playing a lot more in the post lately, um, you've got you know one true back to the basket option, and Portland presents a bunch, and so I think that's, that's the biggest area of contrast and maybe concern. But then they, they've got to deal with what BYU's got too, and BYU's got the most you know efficient offense in league play right now, uh, and they're they're cooking with gas the last few games. This, this whole this whole Halford Carlino thing was was. You know, calling it stroke of genius, maybe a little bit too uh, grand, but it's it, it, it's 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 the move that that made the difference uh, for this team right now, and so um, they're they're playing well, and it's just it's a perfect time for it. You can see. You know what? What a difference just getting on a little run makes. You know they were out of the bracket two weeks ago. They're back in the bracket now. Um, you know people thought. You know th- th- those who thought that that the four game losing skid, you know, ended their tournament hopes. Think again. I mean, good teams have skids. Look right now who's skidding. You know nationally, there are some very good teams who've lost three and four in a row. Wisconsin's lost two in a row. There are some good teams that go through those periods. It's how you bounce back, and especially in league and on the road. If you can win league road games, oh huge. The committee's going to look favorably upon that now. now BYU's played already 11 games away from home um, so far this season. That's a big number. And they're five and six. You know, if they win Thursday, you're back to a 500 team away from home with very few home games. I mean, they've not played hardly at all yet at the Marriott Center. It's going to be the back half of league play where those home games come in. So, from a committee standpoint, from a resume and profile standpoint, you know, seven losses. Is, you know, you'd like to have a few. Uh, you know, like have fewer losses than seven right now. But but with the schedule and 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 how you put the schedule together, getting you know the 13 and seven is a decent profile right now and the committee knows that I even mean, with seven losses their strength of schedule is 13 rpi of 42 right and they've got a, again a bunch of home games to come uh, still uh but it's a huge huge weekend i mean winning at portland and gonzaga puts you in first place byu's never been in first place since they since they joined this league this late in the season wow and so this would be kind of a you know an, an occasion here um and they would of course have the win at gonzaga they haven't yet to get uh, they, they've never won in spokane so um you know first things first which is portland on on thursday but uh, a lot, lot of good things to wait this team, if they can just you know get these two games this week, they're guaranteed of a first place finish. And again, if you look at the way the brackets are put together, there's no real. I mean, college basketball this season. I mean, it, it's so even around there. Even the teams you thought were dominant suddenly aren't. Yeah, you know, and the Pac-12, which was thought to be this this you know juggernaut, well, teams are losing weird games every night in that league. You know, there are two teams that have yet to lose: Arizona and Cal. Those are legitimate tournament teams. After that, if they're going to get six bids, those next four teams better come on and play better because a lot of those next four teams are losing strange games at different places. And and so the Pac-12 stuff to figure out right now. And yes, I do uh, note what the Pac-12 and the Mountain West are doing. You're talking about competing for bids. You're talking about geographical competing for bids. Uh, the Mountain West is down. Um, you know, some are saying the Pac-12 will just take up that vacuum. They'll, they'll, they'll take those bids that are now available. But I think the, the WCC is still going to be a good, you know, good for two bids and maybe three if things shook out the right way. Greg Rebell, radio voice of the Cougars, is on BYU Sports Nation. What the LMU and Pepperdine games seemed, uh, those losses seemed to create is more of a sense of urgency, which was a good thing for BYU, in that these non-St. Mary's Gonzaga games seem to be, they just have a little more meaning. Do you get that sense? Uh, th- this year especially because, you know, at a couple of weeks in, everyone in the league had at least one home win. And, and almost everybody had, uh, um, you know, and, and only Gonzaga and BYU were the teams without at least one home loss already. So what you were seeing were, were the easy outs that you might have sort of expected in years past were no, no longer so easy. And you couldn't just count on getting wins in certain places. You know, when, San, when, when Santa Clara wins 
at St. Mary's. And when Portland defeats Gonzaga, <laughs> you're, already, you're already seeing you know, what, what the league's looking like, and it, it's a better league from the bottom to the top now. And as Mark Few put it, you know, the teams at the top may have come down a bit, and the teams at the bottom have certainly come up a bit. And I think a lot of people you know, you know, kind of wail about, oh, this is bad for the tournament, you know, bad for the league come tournament time. They'll cannibalize each other, but I don't believe that. I believe because the schedule strength is collectively better and the RPI is collectively better, I think a stronger top-to-bottom league is ultimately a good thing, as opposed to simply having a top-heavy league every year. Um, yes, you might be guaranteed your two bids every year, but ultimately, your strength of schedule will improve when your entire league is better. And so I, that's why I think the RPI is better this year is because the entire league is stronger. And, and so I, I think a top-heavy league, a two-top-heavy league can be a bad thing uh, for a league's reputation because the rest of the league is simply looked at as fodder. Uh, there's less fodder this year in the WCC, and that's a good thing for the conference. Greg Rebell, radio voice of the BYU Cougars, joins BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. You brought up the quote-unquote stroke of genius or whatever you want to call the lineup changes that Dave Rose has implemented it's been a long haul for Dave trying to figure out the right combination. It seems like he's, he's got a good thing going right now with five straight wins. Matt Carlino's coming off the bench. He's playing really well off the bench. Do you expect that trend to continue, or do you think Carlino will end up in the starting five at some point again this season? I don't know why they would feel, feel compelled to do so. I mean, this is this is a perfect situation right now. Um, Skyler will play well with minutes, and he's got those minutes at the two. Uh, Kyle gives you the ability to move him around when Matt comes in to play the point. Um, I, I don't see why Dave wouldn't uh, consider this lineup as as his group for the rest of the way. Um, again, Matt's coming off the bench with playing starters minutes. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's really not a concern for him. It's one thing if you're – I mean, if Kyle were not so versatile, if Kyle, if Kyle were a point guard only – Okay, and Matt was simply now the backup point guard. Yeah, there might be some reason for concern, but because of how versatile Kyle is, you know, Matt can still play, you know, close to starters minutes, you know, and and have Kyle still be uh, on the floor as often as as long as he's used to being on the floor. So so you know, Kyle makes this decision work. I mean, if it weren't for Kyle Collinsworth, this thing wouldn't have the same effect because of the player Kyle is. Uh, it gives Dave the ability to move him around and, and, and let Matt do what he does best. You know, when Matt said, I'm, I'm not comfortable as a two, you know, and Coach Rose know that, I'm, I'm, I'm more comfortable at the point. Well, Coach conceded that and said, well, you're going to be the backup point in, in, in that case. Um, but thankfully for Kyle, or because of Kyle, he can, he can bounce Kyle around and keep those guys on the floor at the same time. But, I, yeah, I would just ride this thing. And, and it, it's, when, you know, like Dave said, when, when you make a move like this, you want it to benefit you know, both guys. Not you're not just benching one guy. You're not just starting another guy. You want it to help both guys, and that's what you've seen. I mean, Matt Carlino in league play leads the league in assist to turnover ratio, and, and it's and it's always been decision making for Matt. He's a good enough and a, and, a, and a talented enough shooter and distributor, but it's just decision making, and his decisions are are safer and sounder and sharper. And yet he's still got the flair. I mean, a couple of the passes he had Ooh, in that uh, in, in that Santa Clara game on the weekend that's they, that, that's showtime, you know. And like he told me post game. You know, I didn't expect the answer I got, actually. I was talking to him post-game, because sometimes people will talk about three-point shooting or shooting in general and say, you know, by the end of the season, the numbers will all even themselves out. You can have a high point, and you can have a dip, and you can be hot, and you can have a slump, and it will ultimately all even out in the end. And, and so here was Matt, you know, on this string of, of six for 36 from three. He was literally six for 36 from three. And then over the next three games, he's got nine threes. Okay, and his percentage is around high 40s, low 50s. How does that happen where a guy goes from you know, nowhere, you know, from, from the arc, like disappeared, to now all of a sudden just stroking it with confidence? And I thought, is that just one of those you know, you know, regression to the mean, it'll all even out? And he says, no. He said, uh, what surprised me was, he goes, it, it, I have changed the way I shoot my three-point shots. Wow. Hmm. I, take them, I, take them in different, I take them at different times. I'm, I'm in a better rhythm. I'm always more balanced. Before, I was taking shots off balance. I was taking them out of rhythm. I was taking them at weird times. And now everything's just a lot calmer for me. And I just feel more ready on every three I take. Is that because he's coming off the bench? I think so. I think it's certainly a portion of it. I mean, you, you look at how teams, you know, Matt always, Matt's got the ball in his hands to start the game, and he's got to get the team off to the right start. It's up to him to kind of lead the way. And, and, and if he decides to do it by scoring and taking long shots early and they're not dropping, you know, has a negative impact on the team. He comes on five or six minutes in now. The tone's already been kind of set, you know, and, and now he's playing sometimes against the backup point guard. 
uh, you know, who's in the game. And, and it's a different feel for him. And, and there, is, there is a bit of a different deal. You know, when, when teams put together scouting reports, you know, most of their board work is spent on the starting five. You know, Matt's not in that starting five anymore. And not that teams forget about him, but there's a lot of focus on those f- first five guys. Matt gets to come off the bench now and kind of become that, um, you know, don't forget about me kind of player, which, uh, which I think he- helps BYU. Is Eric Mika 100%? No, I don't think he's there, and it may be a while until he gets there. Uh, he's he's sore, and he's having to play that way. Um, you know, BYU still needs him, though. I mean, this is yeah. you know, he he can't say I'll be better in a month and I'll see you then. This you got to play through this thing, and especially and, again. I mean, you brought up the bigs against Portland. Well, this, but this is a, it's a big especially. weekend for him. I mean, you know, yeah. it, you 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 cannot beat. Um, you know, the Nicholas, Vandermars, uh, you know, Garoon and Barker group, and then come back with, with Dower and Karnofsky the next day and not have a center that's, that's ready to go. And whether or not you're 100%, he's got to give them minutes, and he's got to contribute. Um, and foul trouble would be a bad thing for BYU this week uh, because, you know, the other teams that BYU's playing are just too deep right now. They are too deep. Gonzaga's depth is ultimately it's, it's winning. You know, they're able to lose Gary Bell and for a while Sam Dower and kind of keep the thing going. Uh, Gonzaga is so, so deep. And Portland is deep where it needs to be against a team like BYU, which is inside. So, yeah, BYU needs a big week out of Eric. It's time to just kind of tough it up and get after it. I was happy to see that he dunked the ball uh, against Santa Clara. It was his first dunk since the injury. And that's all about, it's all about explosiveness. He doesn't feel he has it, and, and he's got to find it somewhere. Um, and I was, able, I was happy to see that he went and, went and did that on, on Saturday. Good for him. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's time to tough it up and play through it. This is, this is winning time. This is, this, is, this, is, you know, this is the time, and BYU needs him. Do you have an injury that you're fighting through at this point in WCC play? I haven't felt great for about a month, actually, now that you ask. <laughs> kind of a cold throat thing and bronchial deal. And I've had days when the voice is gone and days when it's a little better. I'm not quite all the way there, but, you know, no one knows it. It's WCC you play. Know, we got to go. Exactly right. It's game time. Greg Rubel, radio voice of the Cougars, joining BYU Sports Nation. Joe Lenardi said that as long as BYU splits with St. Mary's and Gonzaga and they win the rest of the games against West Coast Conference teams, they are a lock to get in the NCAA tournament. How much do you read into that as Joe Lenardi, as being the bracketologist that he is, BYU is a lock status if they do that? Well, I trust him uh, because you didn't, I mean, if, if, that, if that happened, um, they, they would have what? They would be 14 and 4 in league? Yes. 14 and 4 might win league this year. Yeah. I mean, really, four, four losses could win. I could see three being, but I, I could also see a 14 and 4 team winning league. So, um, absolutely. If you, were, if you were 14 and 4 in a top 10 RPI league, with the schedule BYU played and the history BYU has and the fact they're in the conversation, I, I feel comfortable putting them in. Again, who are, they, who are they competing against? Can you find 68 teams and say BYU's not one of those best 68 teams ultimately has to be the question. And the way college basketball is shaping up this year, there are a lot of teams that are going to be in that mix that feel like that they've got a decent shot. I think when it comes down to it, if, if, if the committee is comparing, comparing teams, comparing seven or eight teams for two or three spots, um, they are going to look to see which teams challenge, them, challenge themselves, especially out of league, and did they travel. And, and although BYU didn't get the ranked wins they wanted, the Stanford and Texas wins still hold weight. One was a true away win. One was a neutral court win. And then the fact that BYU challenged itself matters to the committee. They, they say it all the time. We want to see a team that goes out and challenges itself with a schedule. And, and we'll reward that team. And so, you know, BYU's granted a, a win or two over ranked teams from already being a lock. But even without that, the fact they went out and created the schedule the way they did helps them with the committee. Those are the things they look at. Do you travel? Do you play good teams? I mean, like I tweeted last night, after Saturday, BYU will have played 22 games, less than half, far less than half, at home. Nine of 22. That gives BYU a lot of home games to still to come, which is a great thing. I mean, you know, February and March could be really big for BYU. That's a great time to go on a roll with all those home games. But, uh, you know, teams that, that just sit at home and just play nothing but home games – uh, the committee doesn't look on, on them as favorably, unless they're dominant teams, as the ones that go out and play somebody. Greg Rubel, radio voice of the Cougars. Always great stuff. Always great to have you in studio. You can listen to Greg on BYU Radio Thursday nights as the Cougars take on the Portland Pilots. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, CBS College basketball expert Doug Gottlieb on BYU getting into the tournament and the formula that's needed. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here live in Studio 2, Provo, Utah. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. 
You can check us out at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. BYU Radio and BYU TV have you covered for Cougar Sports. Download the BYU TV app for Android, iPhone, and iPad. The BYU Radio app is available on iPhone and iPads. Joining BYU Sports Nation now, a guy who played his college ball under Hall of Famer Eddie Sutton at Oklahoma State. College basketball expert Doug Gottlieb, radio host as well. Doug, great to have you with us. How's your viewing schedule for college hoops shaping up this week? It's pretty good, actually. I'm at uh, the shoot-around. I'm going to walk out here so I don't disturb. I'm at the shoot-around for Temple and UConn tonight on CBS Sports Network. And uh, uh, then this weekend we got a full load of games in CBS and CBS Sports Net, and then i got a Cincinnati-Temple game on Sunday. So uh, I'm, I'm east-coasting it this week as we get ready for uh, Super Week in the cold, and then I'll return home out to the West Coast next week. Busy as always. Doug Gottlieb joins BYU Sports Nation. Doug, BYU's 13-7 and on the year. What are your impressions of the Cougars thus far? Uh, well, early on in the season, I mean, they're a fun team to watch because they can all play a little bit. Um, I think Dave Rose's you know, offensive schemes are fantastic. Their issue was kind of buying in and being gritty defensively, just getting a stop here or there. They just weren't, weren't doing it against teams that – High-caliber teams. Um, obviously, the win at Stanford is going to look better, but when they beat Stanford, you know, Stanford had, had figured it out. But I think that's the kind of thing with BYU. That's the difference. Like, the difference in this four-game road thing, which is crazy to have two leagues in a year where you play four consecutive games on the road. You know, for, for like a low major, that's one thing. But for BYU, you know, a mid-high major, like that's, that's, that's a lot of road games. Um, the difference feels like, hey, can we get a stop here or there? Can we – can we get a lead and make somebody else play catch-up, take bad shots? And so that's kind of the challenge. And, look, San Fran isn't great. I think Santa Clara is a pretty good team. they they got some pretty good wins. Uh, that Brown Bridge is going to be a really good player for them. Um, so to get two, you, know, you sweep all four on the road, you know, to win this league with Gonzaga being down. I like that, that, that they challenge themselves in the non-conference. And even though with the exception of the Stanford game, they didn't win any of those games. Uh, I still think that in a year in which, just last year, the year before, we're going to try and talk ourselves into the, the weakest resumes ever. I think that'll ultimately be rewarded. That they went out and played people, they went out and played Wichita State, they went out and played quality teams, and uh, I think they one have a chance to win the league, and two, let's say they win the league or tie for win the league, I, I think they got a chance to get in as an at-large, despite the fact the league hadn't really helped, and they haven't done as much as traditionally you'd want a team to do to get in out of a conference like the West Coast. Doug Gottlieb joins BYU Sports Nation, college basketball experts for CBS Sports. Doug, you talked about BYU's at-large chances. What do they need to do to secure an NCAA tournament bid in the regular season? Well, winning all your games, games usually helps. I mean, I love to, <laughs> there you go. You know, here's, here's one. Don't lose. Yes. Um, yes, I love it. Look. look but you also have to be reasonable, right? Like, I've never understood the, the whole idea that, uh, uh, the whole idea that, you know, high majors are allowed to lose on the road to inferior teams, but, but a mid-major, and, and whatever you think of BYU, the league that they're in is full of mid-majors. So, you know, it's, it's almost like the company you keep. And so if I were to try and tell you that, you know, BYU, based upon, you know, putting 20 grand in the Marriott Center, or based upon their tradition of success, their high major, I, I, I can't get into the semantics of the argument. All I can tell you is Portland, Santa Clara, San Francisco, LMU, Pepperdine, those are mid-majors. Um, and frankly, Gonzaga really is too. The best of the mid-majors, but a mid-major. Um, look, best case scenario, a win at Gonzaga, win at St. Mary's, or win at one of those two spots, and I think you got a shot. Um, but the big thing is because they – you know, shot themselves in the foot with those that LMU and Pepperdine loss early in conference play. Um, I, I think they're going to have to win one of those two games and and avoid the dreaded upset uh, to a Portland, to a Pacific, to a USD who's playing playing decently. So, you know, ob- the obvious and easy answer is win all your games. The harder answer is, you know, win all your home ga- win all your home games. Don't lose the inferior teams in the road and beat a Gonzaga or a St. Mary's. Gonzaga, St. Mary's are they're better than and Gonzaga. Frankly, I think they're better than as well, especially on neutral court. But but they got to prove it, and you know that would uh, that would be my kind of insight. I mean, look, uh, Mike is a stud inside. Um, I just he has an unreal body. Um, I like Skylar Halford. I mean, he's a very good scorer. 
I think he had, what, he had 28 in that first half when he placed Carlino. Yeah, and, in, in uh, that game, yep. Yeah, and uh, I just I think that at some point they need to show a commitment at the defensive end. If they do, they're going to win these games against teams that they have like or better talent than. Doug Gottlieb, formerly of ESPN, now with CBS Sports, college basketball analyst, joins BYU Sports Nation. Is the WCC a multi-bid league to you? I mean... That sounds like no. <laughs> no well, well, look, it's hard because, like, you know, us who have followed the league, and I, and I do, you know, you know that, that Pangos is playing with turf toe and that, you know, their front line was banged up, right? Um, and, you know, BYU's had some, some injury issues, and they, they probably, frankly, overscheduled, you know? But the idea that the rest of the league is a multi-big league, probably not. But those two teams... Could be, you know, St. Mary's obviously the a, a poor showing out in Hawaii, but what's what's funny about that is there's been other teams. Xavier had a terrible showing when they went to the Bahamas. They lost all three of their games. They've come back, won a couple games, beat Cincinnati, and so now Xavier's kind of worked themselves off of the off of the out kind of category. I think end of the day you'll probably end up getting BYU if they you know beat a St. Mary's um, on the road and McKean Pavilion's a tough place to play. You know, let's say they lose two more games in conference. It'll be really close. Um, Gonzaga, I do think name name brand and some of the teams that they played in the non-conference, I think they'd probably get in at large, even if maybe they didn't deserve it. Because end of the day, you're going to keep Gonzaga out? The answer is probably no. So is it – it's a one-and-a-half league, and it's going, to be, it's going to be based upon the Zags and the Cougars' ability to go win enough games to kind of separate themselves from the rest of the league. Doug Gottlieb, prominent college basketball analyst, joins BYU Sports Nation. Doug, I know that you're a three-point shooter, and that's probably why you brought up Skylar Halford, because you see some of yourself in Skylar's high-arcing oh, yeah. three-point shot. <laughs> but BYU, Dave Rose, look, he's he has messed with the starting lineup a ton. Now they've won five straight. They've got a 6'6 point guard in Kyle Collinsworth, who averages 14 a game, eight rebounds, and five assists. What do you think about Kyle Collinsworth's game? I think it's great because it allows Carlino to play off the ball. I think he's so valuable to them. And um, and then, you know, with, with Tyler being such a good mid-range shooter, I mean, maybe uh, two or three best mid-range scores in college hoops, I just think it, it makes Carlino better. And, you know, the sign of a true point guard is not what you do statistically. It's do you make others better. Um, I think he's a very, very valuable asset, obviously. Doug, we appreciate the time. Good luck on the call tonight. And uh, we look forward to talking to you in the future. I, hey, I'll, I'll only point out, okay, I'm actually, so I, I used to live here when I worked at ESPN, so I'm staying at uh, my friend's house, the Wahlburgers, who okay. are of, Mormon, of, of Mormon faith. There you go. Um, <laughs> yes. And then, All right. and then the, the, there's the, then the Andersons across the street, Keith Anderson, Logan Anderson. Now, Keith went to Utah State, so don't hold against him. He's, he was just... He was just named Bishop on Sunday. Okay. Uh, they got they got a good little crew here. Really beautiful uh, temple in in uh, Avon, Connecticut. So the Mormon uh, the Mormon uh, church very very strong. So I, I'm I'm wearing I'm flying the BYU colors when I. <laughs> you know what's up, Doug. You brought you brought it. You brought it today. That is fantastic. Hey, sa- safe travels to you. Appreciate the time and the insight. We'll talk to you again soon. No problem. Doug Gottlieb, CBS College Sports College Basketball Insider, said some fantastic things. Recently, I mean, just a couple of minutes ago, said that maybe Tyler Haas, Kyle Collinsworth, two of the three best mid-range jump shooters in the country? On the same team! That is great stuff. We'll recap some of uh, the highlights of the Doug Gottlieb interview coming up on BYU Sports Nation as well as going inside the Senior Bowl from Mobile, Alabama. What a prominent NFL scout is saying about Kyle Van Noy and Cody Hoffman. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. BYU football just 219 days away from Connecticut. Hey, I found out today that spring practice starts March 3rd. March 3rd is the start of spring practice. The second most popular sport at BYU. How many days is that? 42? I don't know. (laughs) It's a bit, yeah. It's like 40, 41. BYU Sports Nation rolls on on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. 
Check out BYUTVSports.com for all sorts of awesomeness. Watch True Blue, live games, archived games, other and other content on the blog. Go to BYUTVSports.com for your fix of Cougar Sports 24-7, 365, and 366 on the Leap Years. We just talked to Doug Gottlieb, formerly of ESPN, now of CBS College Sports, radio host. Straight insider. Prominent college basketball insider, talking about the West Coast Conference, called it a one-and-a-half-bid league. That's fair. I agree. Depending on what BYU and St. Mary's do and how things shake out. Uh, just really great insight from a guy who's a straight shooter. Uh, he doesn't He doesn't tell you things that you want to hear necessarily. He, he just gets to the point. So uh, we'll talk about some more of Gottlieb's uh, more memorable highlights. Right now we bring in our third guest of BYU Sports Nation today, Loaded Show, Eric Galco of Optimum Scouting, the contributor to the Sporting News NFL Draft coverage. Check out OptimumScouting.com. Eric, welcome to the show. How's it going? Appreciate it. I'm down here in uh, sunny Mobile, Alabama, and watching some of the top seniors perform at the Senior Bowl here. Eric, you, you were super high on Kyle Van Noy, a guy that BYU Sports Nation go, knows a, a lot about and have enjoyed watching. What makes Kyle Van Noy a top 20 pick in your mind? Yeah, I'm surprised he's kind of lost a lot of the excitement he brought as a junior when he thought about coming out and playing alongside Ezekiel Alonso. I think teams have really wavered on their stance that Van Noy could play a lot of positions in the NFL. That's one of his better attributes is that I think he can fit in legitimately any linebacker spot in a 3-4 or 4-3 defense, probably being best in a 4-3 set where you can kind of let him go in space and make plays. But he's a guy who knows his limitations but also knows – how to play in space and play under control consistently with his footwork, with his diagnosis of a def- of an offense as well. So I think he's a guy who's best the pass rusher and actually impressed the first day uh, and practiced here at the Senior Bowl as a, in pass coverage and dropping back and getting tight ends as well. So I think he's impressed in a lot of areas. Again, that versatility, that natural athleticism, that balance in a lot of different situations is what makes Calvin Noy a fit for almost any defense. And I think he'll end up being one of the top 20 or 30 picks in the draft just because any defense can use Calvin Noy. Cody Hoffman's hoping to uh, get drafted in the, you know, day, day one would be pretty high for him, but at least day two. What have you noticed of uh, Cody Hoffman thus far? Yeah, so far, so far, so good for Hoffman. I think he's a guy who, who fits as a slot guy um, because he has some size and, and ability to get vertically um, and also catch away from the frame, but also playing on the Z receiver as well can kind of play both spots. But he's a guy who wasn't always consistent on film in terms of winning at the catch point and playing physical throughout his route. I think he's a guy who's shown that so far this week that he can perform well in that area. But he needs a strong week this week, especially with the influx of junior receivers coming in this class. Almost 20 receivers declaring for this draft makes the senior class struggling to get in those top two or three rounds. So I think Hoffman is a big week here and a very big week in, in Indianapolis at the Combine to uh, kind of get to that day two level. Eric Galco of Optimum Scouting, contributor to the Sporting News NFL Draft coverage, joining BYU Sports Nation. We've talked about Kyle Venno and Cody Hoffman, but you were at the East-West Shrine game where BYU safety Daniel Sorensen, who is a notable gunner on special teams, uh, played. What have you noticed about Daniel Sorensen and his prospects' chances of getting drafted this season? Yeah, I think he's a bit limited as a safety in terms of picking up a man coverage. He struggled there during practice when he had to do there as well. and He's not a guy with great range. Uh, to explode and transition upfield, to knock away uh, as, as zone coverage and the safety as well. So there's some limitations to his game as well, but I think he's a guy who plays third safety, can play probably free or strong safety in the NFL in more of a backup situation role, and definitely has contributed on special teams and what he maybe looked for early in his NFL career. So I think he's a home for Sorensen in the NFL, but I'm not sure it's going to be one of the top four or five rounds because I'm not sure he's an eventual NFL starter in the league at this point, although he could improve with more. What is Allman, again, making up those lack of, uh, lack of athletic ability and space that he possesses right now? Would a team draft Sorensen for his special teams play alone, or is that more of a free agent type of thing? You know, I, I've learned from experience that if a guy can win on special teams and have success there, he's likely going to get drafted because a guy like Sorensen and a handful of other guys in this draft class as well may not be immediate starters, but there's 53 guys on a roster, and teams are looking for guys that are going to make those rosters. They're not always looking for project or developmental guys. So when you can get a guy who you know is going to contribute in one-third of the game on special teams as well as being a critical backup with a guy like Sorensen, I could see playing his rookie year if be due to injury and having success in his rookie year just because he knows what he is and his limitations will always need you. So I think it's a home for Sorensen. I think he's probably going to be, like I said, on day three of the draft, probably as high as he goes in the fifth. I think someone in the sixth or seventh round definitely takes Sorensen with the intention of him being a key backup and a contributor on special teams immediately in the NFL. Eric Galco, live from Mobile, Alabama. How's the weather? I, I need to ask you, how's the weather in Mobile this He's, time of year? He said sunny, but how warm is it? Yeah, it's, it's a colder day today. The benefit of actually today, it's, it's hard for me because it's windy out, so it's a little colder here, unfortunately, about 45 degrees here. But the wind actually is great to evaluate these quarterbacks. So it's kind of like a win-lose situation. I'm freezing in the stands 
due to the wind. I've seen the quarterbacks struggle in the wind and coming up there as well. But <laughs> That's spoken like a true yeah, NFL draft around. scout. How's the penmanship? You know, are you out there with a the notepad in the wind? Do you have a hat on a hood? I mean, what? Yeah, I'm I'm a clipboard guy, and my penmanship's bad as well. So a lot of it is just you know, scribbling <laughs> notes, and I kind of have to read the time from later on as well. And the wind's not helping it because hands get cold, and the quarterbacks. I mean, the worst part for me is that the colder it gets, the more struggle I to, to to like what guys are doing out there. So I get meaner and meaner in my reports the colder it gets. Give me the reports go on. Eric Galco of Optimum Scouting, contributor to the Sporting News NFL Draft coverage, joining BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Ziggy Ansah is an incredible story, and it just gets better for that guy. I mean, he was a, a mid-season starter, came out of nowhere, drafted fifth by the Lions, but he made a huge move at the Senior Bowl last year. How much can a player raise his stock in a game like this? You know, I think, especially in the week in a game, I thought had a lot of success as well, but this is the first chance for a lot of GMs, teams tipping at the top of the draft, and especially the two coaching teams, the Jaguars and the Falcons, to be here, and the decision makers, especially not necessarily the scouts, but the decision makers, to be here and see these guys for the first time. You know, usually GMs and director of player personnel are watching their team play in season and preparing each and every week to win games. So they're kind of always lagging behind in terms of scouting these top prospects. So the Senior Bowl with the top seniors here and the guys they're considering for their first-round pick, they get a chance to see him up close and personal. And Anza took that opportunity especially well last year and definitely impressed in the game as well. He's MVP, defensive MVP of the game last year. Uh, and that's a chance for, again, decision-makers to see a guy like that and to put them up their boards and have that great first impression that scouts need to have. And, and so many times the first time you see a guy is, is kind of what you want to stick with the rest of the time you watch him. That's made a great impression here. Teams went back, so the highlights he had at BYU in just nine starts last year, and that's going to be a top-five pick. And so far, NFL success. Eric, how much can a player help their draft stock uh in uh, in a couple of days, because ultimately, to me, and I know Spencer uh, went there already, but ultimately, does the the play on the field weigh more than what they can actually do here? Is this just the frosting on top? Yeah, absolutely. I think obviously teams want to evaluate film uh, much more than this event as well. But the key thing about these events, and what I take them very seriously too, is is knowing what to expect based on what they did on film, and especially the limitations in their offense or defense, what they couldn't afford to show in college, and that's what you look for, particularly in these guys, is to know where they struggled or what the offense or defense couldn't show they can do and see if they can do it here in a neutral offense or defense scheme-wise and playing with equal talent around them themselves as well. So it's a great opportunity to see what guys couldn't do or couldn't show in college, and some guys do that, some guys struggle to do that as well, and also playing against elite competition every single snap during practices, doing one-on-one offensive line, defensive line, having these quarterbacks do with new receivers and talented defensive backs do what they can do as well. So I, I think it's a very serious part of the evaluation. I know teams will watch practices, go back, watch some of the practices, and then order that practice home again and watch it going up to the draft as well. So it's a big part of the evaluation for teams. and That's why teams take it very seriously and you know, send most of their scouting department, if not the whole thing, down here to Mobile to, uh, to watch these plays. Eric Galco, Optimum Scouting, Sporting News NFL Draft Coverage contributor joining BYU Sports Nation. Final question for you, Eric. Where does Kyle Van Noy get drafted in your best most concise opinion. As of right now, as a new mock draft over to Sporting News, I think he'll end up someplace in the top 25 picks. I think teams in the late first round looking for a pass rusher will take him there as well. And teams even in the top 20 could say, we know we're getting with Kyle Benoit. We need a leader for our defense. I'll make him the pick in the top 25 picks. So I think he ends up someplace in the first round, probably in the top 10, but somewhere in that 15 to 25 range. Eric, great stuff. We appreciate the time. We'll check out your stuff on OptimumScouting.com. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Talk to you guys soon. All right, Eric Galco of Optimum Scouting. I hope his penmanship is uh, solid today. We'll, we'll hope for that. <laughs> Phrasing, trying to yes. draw on a clipboard. Hey, create your own scouting buzzword to describe Kyle Van Noy's play. That is our Twitter topic today. Get those answers in. We'll pick out some of our favorites after the break. Also, up next, the Cougar Whip Around and today's Rise and Shout. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs! Tyler Haas and the Cougars take on the Portland Pilots on Thursday. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. You can listen to that game as well on BYU Radio. With Greg Rebell, who joined us earlier today in studio. And Travis Hansen, who's going to... Do color on the game. And Travis Hansen. 
a BYU Sports Nation guest. He can still dunk it. You know what time it is, dude? Time to whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Volleyball. BYU climbed one spot in the ABCA poll, released yesterday, to number seven. Yay! BYU hosts sixth-ranked Stanford and Pacific this Friday and Saturday. Both are live on BYU TV. Best Cougars news ever. in the association. Brandon Davies did not play against Washington last night with an injured finger. The 76ers' next game in New York City against the Knicks. Wednesday night, Davies is day-to-day. And by the way, the Huffington Post, we mentioned this earlier, but mentioning it again, named BYU student and Luge Coog, Kate Hansen, one of 11, quote, awesome women to watch at the Winter Olympics in Sochi, Russia, in two weeks. Yes. Also, uh, a lady named Sugar Todd and Gracie Gold, who was a figure Gracie skater. Gold, the greatest name in <laughs> Olympic history. And Kate Ulander. So awesome. Later this week on the show, West Coast Conference Commissioner Jamie Zaninovich. He's a member of the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee. There's only 10 dudes that are, and he's one. Who gets the rise and shout today? I'm going off the map. I'm going at Coog Thunder, because he tweeted a picture that I tweeted of Greg Rubel, but he added, you remember Jordy from Star Trek? Yes, LeVar Burton? Jordy LaForge. Yes. He at, reading Rainbow. He added <laughs> He added the like little visor thing across his eyes to the picture of Greg. I just retweeted it. That's hilarious. So That's at, solid. At Coog Thunder gets today's rise and shout. An- another nominee was Doug Gottlieb for uh, referencing the LDS community in Connecticut where he is staying and he has friends. He was just named Bishop <laughs> in reference to some guy nearby. That was, that was funny. Uh, the interview with Doug Gottlieb was great. Great guest today all over the map. Uh, create your own scouting buzzword to describe Kyle Van Noy's play. So we're asking for your NFL draft expertise when you're explaining Kyle. So let's go at Bridger Hill. NFL QBs beware the omnipresent at KVN03 is coming to a stadium near you. At Laser Sheep, KVN can be classified as a player with hashtag psychic and hashtag slingshot qualities. Who slingshot? Slow to fast. Slow to fast. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. Like like Matt Whale said earlier. At R.Y. Centrout, fluid athleticism. There's kind of a similar theme here, right? Yeah. yeah. At Neil Early, Kyle Van Noy is the perfect example of a cobra, always watching and quick to strike. G.I. Joe, at FinDaddy81, indomitable description. That cannot be subdued or overcome <laughs> as person's will or courage unconquerable. That was well cogitated. That was a well cogitated tweet. At Y for Life, I refer to KVN as Mr. M. Utah since his engagement. Nice. At I Do Rock the Y, KVN equals Tenacious D. No, not the band. The greatest song in the world. Hey, thanks to our guests today. Bright lineup. Doug Gottlieb, Greg Rebell, and Eric Galco, and everyone on our crew. Producer Ben Bagley, Senior Coordinating Producer Michael Miner, Station Manager Don Chaline, Production Assistants Alan Miller, Spencer King, and Engineer Aaron Evans. Check out our new BYU Sports Nation Facebook page. Show links and a lot of good stuff there. Like and comment all you please. Listen to episodes of the show on demand at byuradio.org. For Jerem, I'm Spencer, and you've just listened to another jam-packed edition of BYU Sports Nation.